in this third and last lab on John 11, 1 to 6, we're going to focus on the riches of seeing therefores or so. So, the riches of that word right there are inexhaustible. So, Father, I pray that even though the riches of this so are inexhaustible concerning love and glory and your way in the world and the meaning of how to bless each other infinitely, even though it's inexhaustible, you will guide us into it as far as we can go in this little lesson for your name and for our good and and for the radical love of our lives. Separate in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's read it again. Now a certain man was ill. Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This is a family that we're learning Jesus had a great affection for. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet. So there the the affection is being highlighted. So the sister said to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love, and there the affection is made explicit, love, is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So the glory of God the Father, the glory of God the Son are at stake here. Now, Jesus loved. So you got love here, you got love here, you got love implied there. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And then you have this stunning, therefore, so, when he heard that he was ill, he stayed two days longer where he was. And we saw that if he'd gone, he would have lived and he let him die. What do we learn from this stunning, therefore? Well, first, let's see um, the connection immediately preceding the therefore or the so is now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So he's underlining at this point the love. He loved them. He loved them. It's stated here. It's implied here. And now it's stated explicitly here, and then comes to therefore. He loved them, therefore. He loved them, therefore. He loved them, therefore. Don't let any preconceived notions about what love is stop you from seeing the text. He loved them, therefore. He stayed and let him die. He let him die with all of the pain involved in that for those sisters in particular and for Lazarus perhaps later since Lazarus now has to die twice because he's going to raise him from the dead. So this is 
introducing into their lives a great deal of pain which he could have spared them had he gone and he didn't. So those are the facts, the grammatical story facts of this text. And, and what I'm illustrating here is that we've made a big deal in many of the labs about this word, therefore, in the writings of Paul and Peter and James it's huge to see the therefores, why certain things happen. But I'm arguing it's just as huge in narrative. It's just as huge in telling a story. Always be alert in stories to these kinds of connections as well. Now, how can this be love? That's the question we, we are forced to ask because it is so shocking. It would have been shocking then. It's shocking to us now. He loved them, therefore he let him die. How is that love? And wouldn't you agree that this text, when Jesus heard of it, that text right there, when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness is not unto death, it is for the glory of God and the son, that the Son of God may be glorified. That's going to be a clue, a key piece in understanding. So I'm, this illness is going to result in the glory of God. This illness is going to result in the glory of the Son of God. And since I love you, I'm going to let him die so that this can happen. Would you agree? Are, are we on track? Am I reading anything in here? This illness is not to death. It is for the glory of God. It is for the glory of the Son of God. And since I love you, I'm not going to go. I'm going to let this happen so that the glory of God and the glory of the Son of God can shine most brightly. Love does that. We have this confirmed over here in chapter 11, verse 39. This is when it actually happens. Jesus said, take away the stone. So Lazarus has been dead four days. Take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, by this time there's an odor, for he's been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So the glory of God is going to be displayed in this illness, this, this illness is not unto death. It is for the glory of God because he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead and thus display the glory of God for Lazarus and Mary and Martha and thus show love to them. All right. Now let me try to, to draw out the riches of seeing the therefore. One, Love often allows pain and loss. God often, God's love, let's put God's love, often allows, he plans, he brings about, because he knows he could have been there and he didn't go there, so he's planning it. He's, he's allowing it, but he's allowing it when he could have avoided it, and therefore he's planning it and bringing it about. He, he often brings about pain and loss in the lives of the beloved. That's the first thing we learn. 
and oh, how important that is. I mean, that's just cataclysmically important for Christians to know, lest they don't feel loved when the pain and loss comes. The second thing, love, divine love, God's love, means doing what you must to help people, the beloved, let's just say the beloved, help the beloved, the loved one, to help the beloved see and savor, that is, enjoy, be satisfied by the glory of God forever. That's what love means in this text. I think that's what John is laboring to show us. Love means doing what you must, including letting Lazarus die, to help Mary and Martha, the beloved and Lazarus, see and savor and enjoy the glory of God. Seeing by itself wouldn't be love if they didn't enjoy it. He wants them to see it and marvel at it, be satisfied by it, be blown away by it as their supreme treasure and all satisfying value in life, the glory of God. Jump over to chapter 17 and look. Here's the first five verses of Jesus' prayer. Would you agree that the prayer, the high priestly prayer of Jesus is a prayer of love for his for His children for his people when jesus had spoken these words he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father the hour has come glorify your son that the son may glorify you so he first prays for his own glory since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him and this is eternal life that they they know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's what life is. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the, the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me. I'm pleading with you. Glorify me as I walk through the cross tomorrow with the glory that I had with you. Why is he praying that? Because verse 24, Father, I desire that they Lazarus, Martha, Mary, us, they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory. This is the, the height of his prayer for us. This is the capstone of love, that they would see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. So back here in chapter 11, verse 6, he loved Mary and Martha, therefore he let them die so they could see the glory of God. And the last thing I would, I would say here is to put it like this now. Love labors and suffers. He died. He died for this. He died for this. Love labors and suffers to enthrall the beloved with what is infinitely and eternally satisfying.
namely God. The glory of God. That's what love does. Or to put it one more way, love is always, at its peak anyway, at its fullness, God-centered. Love is giving people God. Love is showing people God. Love is getting people to God. Love is helping people be satisfied in God and being willing to lay down your life for it. And all of that, you know, therefore. 